This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Ian Harditz, and today we are talking all things Minnesota Vikings, looking ahead to the 2020 fantasy season. So far, we've already done the AFC North team previews, and we did the Packers on Monday. Now we got the Vikings, followed by the Bears and Lions. We'll be going through all these teams throughout the offseason up until week one. So without further ado, your 2020 Minnesota Vikings fantasy football team preview. Starting off with Kirk Cousins, who, let's be honest, this guy got a little bit of an unfair, I think, feel for his last season. Career best marks in touchdown rate, interception rate, just yards per attempt, QB rating. He, he was one of the best versions of Kirk Cousins we've ever seen. And that when he went into New Orleans, came out with a playoff win against a very good Saints team. And it wasn't like Dalvin Cook just took over that game. I mean, Cousins put them down inside the five-yard line overtime with an absolutely gorgeous dime to Adam Thielen before, you know, finding Kyle Rudolph on what may or may not have been a push-off to end the game. And, you know, even if you... Saints fans out there don't feel great about the way things ended. Clearly, Cousins made multiple throws in that game that you see why the guy got paid the money he did. Now, uh, with that said, we still quite haven't seen Cousins, you know, just come in, take over games week after week. He hasn't been asked to, uh, to be fair, but he, he isn't doing it either way. And for fantasy purposes, that's the problem. So while, you know, hats off to Kirk for having the most efficient season of his career in 2019, wasn't really good for the fantasy business. I mean, he ended up as the QB 19 in fantasy points per game. We just haven't seen him offer much of a fantasy floor in recent seasons, to be honest. I mean, even 2018, when we had Diggs and Thielen balling out for fantasy purposes, I mean, Custom was only the QB 16 in that stretch. So, you know, looking ahead to 2020, I just have a hard time getting behind, you know, a quarterback in a run-first offense that has limited spike week appeal to begin with. And then we have this dub week potential that is just, you know, we don't really see anywhere outside of San Francisco and Tennessee. Because if the Vikings get up in these games, it seems like they're just going to only ask Kirk to throw the ball 10 or 12 times. I mean, it got that brutal at certain stretches. We were never seeing them opening it up and seeing him go for, you know, 40 plus. I mean, it's not even like a situation where we have a Russell Wilson. When the Seahawks get behind, you know, they finally let Russ cook. It's just not this quick process. We wish they would let him do it more. Cousins, I mean, it's almost like even when they get behind, they stay committed to, you know, establishing that rock and doing their thing. So it's tough to get behind Cousins as this bounce back fantasy candidate in 2020. And it comes down to one, even if we're in a situation where their defense is worse and they have, they have to just naturally throw the ball more because of less ideal game script, 
now the offense really isn't as conductive to that passing success, I don't think, without Stephon Diggs. I mean, we're talking about losing the single best wide receiver in most of PFFs, you know, deep ball efficiency and just total production rates from last season and Diggs. And that's not going to make things easier on Adam Thielen, you know, in the intermediate areas of the field. Justin Jefferson's great pick and everything, but still asking a lot of a rookie. I mean, when you don't have any really proven pass catchers in your offense outside of Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, that, that, it's just a little bit problematic. So uh, the rushing floor for Kirk, it, it hasn't been there. 13 rushing scores in 48 games with Washington, only two in 32 games with the Vikings. I think we continue to see a very efficient version of Kirk Cousins under Gary Kubiak. Vikings should be competitive in you know almost every game they're in, but in terms of expecting Cousins to you know get provide anything more than that mid-tier QB two play, I am selling that idea. So, moving on to backfield, and you know we got we got some talking to do here because Dalvin Cook has been adamant that he wants a bear contract going into 2020. And we all saw him last year. And, you know, while I have Saquon Barkley as the single best running back in the league with the ball in his hands, I would say Dalvin Cook and, you know, made to a little lesser extent, Josh Jacobs, they deserve to be in that conversation as well. And, I mean, Dalvin was everything you'd want from a workhorse last season. Played at least 60% snaps and had 16 touches every game, weeks 1 through 11, before he got injured. The injuries have been an issue, you know, now three seasons, you know, hasn't been able to make it completely through. But this is one of these situations where when he is right, Gary Kubiak is just going to feed him. This is what Kubiak has always done. And now with Stefanski and Cleveland, it is truly the Gary Kubiak offense. I mean, his lead back has averaged north of 290 touches per season. Eight different RBs have had a combined 15 top 12 RB seasons from 1995 through 2019. Kubiak's running back whisperer, and Dalvin Cook is his running back. So as long as he is on the field, we are going to be fine. Now will he be on the field? Because we have some holdout concerns now with these contract demands. I think it's going to be okay. I am holding steady with Dalvin Cook as my RB5 in fantasy. And a big part is because of the new CBA agreement, which, you know, one of the big obstacles they were trying to get around the, the you know, owners is that being was they were tired of, you know, players having leverage by holding out. So this was one of the main points that got through the CBA. And, you know, I was on a Vikings pod earlier this week as well talking to one of their, you know, really honed in uh, just local writers with the team, and they were agreeing with one, the new CBA statement, and two, the Vikings historically have gotten, you know, their big guys that are asking for more money. They've gotten them signed before a season. It hasn't always looked great going up until August, but they have gotten them signed eventually. So I'm holding steady with Dalvin Cook, you know, suiting up whenever week one is and having a big role while doing so. Now behind Dalvin, we got Alexander Madison, who is arguably the top handcuff in fantasy football. A lot of people think he is. I would put Tony Pollard and Latavius Murray ahead of him potentially Chase Edmonds, just because Madison, I mean, there's a chance we see him split reps with Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah if something happens to Dalvin or he decides to hold out. We just didn't get more, and I believe it was only a quarter last season of Madison being healthy without Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's great. He was third in PFF's breakaway percentage, which is, you know, it's measuring how many how many runs up 15 plus yards? Like how much yards from those plays are factoring into your total yards total? So the guy's a home run hitter. But the other side of that coin is that, you know, his success rate is pretty low. You know, you see a lot of one yard, two yard, three yards, 15 yards. 
type plays from Madison, you know, similar to Leonard Fournette in that style. And you know, I, I enjoy watching Madison play. That dude has never seen a defender. He doesn't believe he can hurdle. But I just have a few questions about, you know, what, how big of a role would he truly have? I think it'd be at least 15 carries. And when you're in a Kubiak offense, that's plenty. So again, anyone's idea of a top three handcuff, but I would take Tony Pollard or Latavius Murray over Madison, all else equal. So Moving on to the wide receiver room, guys. I, I absolutely love Adam Thielen this year, and we talk. I talked about the Kubiak being the RB whisper. We don't put enough credit though the Kubiak for enabling some just awesome wide receivers. I mean, we're talking about Andre Johnson, Demarius Thomas, Steve Smith, Anthony Miller back in the day just complete ballers at the wide receiver position. I mean, Kubiak's wide receiver one has averaged 138 targets per season over the years. He's had a top 12 PPR wide receiver in 12 of 23 seasons, a top 24 PPR wide receiver in 19 of 23 seasons. I mean, Adam Thielen was the wide receiver nine in 2017 with Case Keenum, the wide receiver seven in 2018 with Kirk Cousins. He was on pace to do this again last year, and then he got hurt. For the first time in his NFL career, Adam Thielen had to miss games in 2019. Zero missed games because of injury in 2014 through 2018. But what happened last year? He gets hurt, he comes back, he goes for 129 yards against the Saints, just roasting Marshawn freaking Lattimore at certain points. And then goes five catches, 50 yards against the 49ers. And again, looking healthy, looking good, looking smooth. So there's some concern not having digs there. I mean, again, losing someone of his caliber on deep balls is not going to make things easier for the rest of the offense. But with that said, in fantasy land, I understand the concern when we have these offenses, you know, like the Packers and, you know, Bears to a lesser extent, just looking at the NFC North, where you have one so clear-cut defined number one pass game option. How do defenses not just focus all their effort on that guy? We just got to follow the targets, everyone. And... NFL defenses, I think, aren't at the point where we need to necessarily worry about them just completely eliminating one player. Maybe certain matchups, but we still live in a world where over 50% of NFL defenses just respond to wide receiver ones lining up in the slot by putting a linebacker on them as, as they normally would. So maybe if it was a player like less talented than Adam Thielen, you know, not to hate on Jameson Crowder, but maybe someone like that where we haven't seen them just take over games in the past. But I truly believe that Thielen, while, you know, I would take digs over Thielen in a vacuum, but Thielen in his own right is just fantastic. And just the, the things he does as a route runner and catches everything thrown his way. Underrated chance for him to get 150 plus targets this year. And I think he could do really good things with it. Only other receiver in this offense that you need to really concern yourself with is Justin Jefferson. Should have that slot role, but I mean, this offense, and this was with Stefanski, so maybe it changes, but lowest rate of 11 personnel in the league last year. There's a chance we see Jefferson kind of need to make his living more on the outside. I kind of think, you know, these high usage slot roles are a little bit overrated anyway. They do help with some matchups from time to time, but great wide receivers are great wide receivers wherever they line up. You know, I think we're going to see up a Chris Goblin this year as well, so. I think Jefferson's good enough to play wherever. He's a great contested catch player. He's not going to get the targets, but it's okay. I mean, I think him and Michael Pittman from the Colts, underrated chance to lead their team in receiving scores. And just 
you know, I know Stephon Diggs led this offense with only 94 targets last year, and that's scary. But you got to keep in mind those 94 targets included like, one of the highest deep ball rates in the league. I mean, we couldn't ask for a more fancy friendly 94 targets. I would be shocked if this offense again doesn't have a triple digit target receiver, and that man will be Adam Thielen with good health. So. Justin Jefferson should be that number two guy. He's only got to beat out uh, Ola B.C. Johnson, Tajay Sharp from the Titans, and Chad Beebe. So I would say B.C. Johnson should be the favorite to be that number three guy, but this offense just does not throw the ball enough to you know enable more than one, maybe two uh, high-end fantasy pass game options. So moving on to tight end group, it's, it's just the same problem. It's volume. And last year, Kyle Rudolph, 48 targets. Irv Smith, 47 targets. Now, now I would love to be able to sit here and say that Rudolph is washed. Get on Irv Smith. He's a better player. I do think Irv Smith is better right now. I mean, he just looks so explosive and good as a rookie. I mean, you, you, you want to talk about actual handcuffed tight ends in this league that could be top five guys if they just had a full-time starting role. I think it's Dallas Goddard and Irv Smith, and that is likely it. I and mean, maybe... Foster Moreau out in, out in Oakland, but I think it's Goddard and Irv Smith, one, two, for sure. But look, Rudolph isn't washed yet. I mean, <laughs> I sent out a tweet a couple weeks ago. It was like Kirk Cousins and him against the Cowboys had this wildly swaggy play that you would never expect from those two. And Rudolph's, you know, plucking the ball one-handed in the back of the end zone. Obviously, big touchdown against the Saints in the playoffs, too. He, he wasn't washed, and his their contract with them is at the point where they can kind of leave it be at any time but hey he's still a productive player right now so right now Rudolph is just kind of in the way of Irv Smith I mean I don't think either of them are going to give you you know anything resembling a fancy tight end one production as long as they're together but if one of them goes down get them on your fantasy squad fast so that's been the positional preview uh, now I'm going to list my rankings for these players which you can find on pff.com, use code FANCY40 for 40% off my rankings and some others and some, you know, generally cool stuff that you'll find on the website. So I'm going to list my ranking for these players who I have immediately in front of them and behind them. At QB, I have Kirk Cousins as my QB 22. Mentioned these guys when I was talking about them, but one spot ahead is Ryan Tannehill, one spot behind Jimmy Garoppolo. At running back, I have Dalvin Cook as my RB5. He is one spot behind Alvin Kamara, one spot ahead of Kenyon Drake. Wide receiver, I have Adam Thielen. Wide receiver, six people. I'm telling you, I am really high on Adam Thielen this year. He's one spot ahead of Allen Robinson for me. Only one spot behind DeAndre Hopkins. I just think if you go pass game by pass game, we only have five or six wide receivers that are just completely locked in as their offense's number one pass game option. Adam Thielen is one of those guys. I have Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver, 57. He is one spot behind Nikhil Harry. I'm sorry, he's one spot behind Jalen Rieger, the Eagles uh, rookie, and one spot ahead of Brandon Ayuk, the 49ers rookie. It, it's just one of these things this year, guys, like with the funky training camp schedule potentially and the, the you know, weird just offseason with COVID and all of that. If, you know, if there's a rookie wide receiver or a second-year player, I, I would just tend to take the second-year player in most situations. Tight end. I have Irv Smith as my tight end 25, Rudolph as my tight end 26. They are right ahead of uh, Greg Olson and Dawson Knox, right behind Eric Ebron and Gerald Everett. So it's just a funky ranking. I mean, you're not going to use either of these Vikings dudes if both of them are healthy. But again, if one guy goes down, look out. So the Vikings have a win total of nine. I mean, their secondary was incredibly men like in the entire 2019 season. And now it seems like the whole group went on to Cincinnati. And you know, we got Xavier Rhodes elsewhere. So 
So they haven't re-signed Everson Griffin. I mean, you could look at this team for the last half decade, and it was like the entire defense was always back, and the offense was, you know, figuring it out, getting their quarterback in their run game uh, healthy. And I don't know. It's it's hard to say this offense is going to be better next year. You know, similar to the Packers, they just didn't really add all that much to help them out. So I don't know if we can expect a big step for on offense. And the defense looks worse. They're losing pieces. I'm taking the under. I, I know they had a good draft, and maybe I'm not putting enough stock behind these rookies, but I just think in this offseason more than ever, we should not be expecting too many year one contributions. Uh, maybe Cousins just keeps on keeping on. He can you know turn that efficiency into high volume uh, goodness as well. But I just think nine. I, I'm taking the under here. Complete team. Good team. I don't think they're a great team in 2020. So that was your 2020 Minnesota Vikings fantasy football team preview. I'm Ian Hartitz. Thank you all for listening. And until the next time, take care, everyone.